Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sales Velocity TV. I'm Andrew. That's Aaron. Good to be with you all here today talking the 10 mega marketing mistakes that entrepreneurs make. And most important, Aaron, how to avoid every single one of them. That's the topic of the day. How are you, my friend? You know what, man? I don't know about you, but um, I feel like this has been the busiest short week that I can remember in a very long time. You know, it, it, it was only a four-day work week. It felt like a seven-day work week. I don't know if our, our viewers and listeners feel the same way. The I just feel like there's all this momentum, money, excitement, you know, commerce, whatever you want to call it, just ramping up. Well, know, we, right we talked about it a little bit, right? We veered off in the last episode and talked about the post-COVID boom. Very yep. good episode to go back and listen to. We really didn't talk sales per se. We really talked about economics and trends and what's happening post-COVID and really how to prepare for this ramp up, this pent up money that's that, that's happening right now in the world. And, and we broke down a lot of the different areas of where the money is going. And that's an instructive episode to listen to because you want to get, in, you want to ideally as a business owner or an entrepreneur, get in front of where the money's going, get in front of those trends. And that was a, a good one. But today we're going to talk about marketing. We're back in, we're back to the, to the topic at hand. We're talking marketing, which I always say, Aaron, and I say this in my book, Sales Velocity, that that a, a great sales process must be preceded by really sophisticated marketing. A, a, a crappy marketing process, crappy marketing, crappy branding really makes the sales process a grind. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't position you. The prospect sort of comes unprepared. Um, it's, it's, it's shaky. There's holes. Like when you don't do a good job getting the, the, the prospect to the appointment or to the demo or to the Zoom session or to the event, then they kind of come almost guard upish versus guard downish, And that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, and even to take it a step further, I was just talking to one of our clients before this show, Andrew, and um, we were talking about the, the necessity of consistent quality traffic and leads. You know, and I didn't even have to say it. He said it. He said, well, if you don't have consistent high quality leads in your business, that's the lifeblood. You're dead without it. You can have the greatest product in the world. If it's in your basement and nobody sees it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. You, you, you have to have eyeballs, consistent, high quality eyeballs on what you're putting into the marketplace. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in, in these, these 10 points as well today. I like to say you could have the cure for cancer, but if nobody knows about it, nobody's getting cured. And that, my friend, Correct. is marketing and messaging, and it has to be big and bold and everywhere, and we'll get there diversified, and we'll talk about um, 10 mega marketing mistakes here today. So let's let's dig in. So we're going to cover these 10. They'll be in the show notes if you're not watching and you're listening. Uh, if you go to salesvelocitytv.com, this show will be there and in the next couple of days, and we'll have the show notes broken down. So you'll see all 10 of these uh, visually as well. But the first one is, and it's my favorite, and I learned this Thank God I learned this, Aaron. 
right when I got into right the internet marketing, more so the direct response marketing world. I'll break down what that what that means in a minute here for those of, for those that may be new to the marketing world. Right, is when I when I when I when I left the the mortgage banking and real estate space. You know that I was in investment banking for ten years and then shifted to mortgage banking the last few years of that ten year run. And I said, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to. I want to. This is when the internet was just getting started. I was fascinated early on, uh, which you know because we met around this time. I was fascinated by the ability to make money off this new thing called the internet. This is now like two thousand four, five. There's no Google. There's no search engines past Yahoo's overture. There's no social media. There's no video. We're just kind of like a like emails the thing. We like email has become this amazing new fast tool. And that's essentially infant, the internet. Infant stages. And infant you can stages. you can like search for things. And like yeah, you can buy a few things. I always things, laugh because right? you and I have been marketing online longer than Google. Oh, no question. I mean, Google, I was in the investment banking business when Google was trying to become a publicly traded company and they weren't even like on the radar yet as a search engine, right? They were they were like a private company and they were trying to like tap into this overture market. They came in and just absolutely dominated Yahoo over the years. But the point is, and by the way, that last point, you could buy a couple things online at that time. Like once in a while, you could like buy something. It was like, oh my God, I can like put my credit card online and buy something. This is super cool. Now it's like, you know, everybody buys online. But the point I'm trying to make is I learned early on from Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazer. Thank God. Mike Dillard as well. These were like my, my early on direct response uh, uh, mentors that if you're, gonna, if you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur, don't become an advertising victim. This is mega marketing mistake number one. And by don't become an advertising victim, it means... Don't copy what Coca-Cola, Nike, Coach is doing because they're big, broad brand advertising. They're just throwing money at the wall to create awareness. They can't measure that. And as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you want to be thinking about only advertising what can be measured. That's called direct response marketing in our world. And that's the shift that, thank God I, I made it early. A lot of people get stuck and they do become a victim of advertising because they don't know what we're talking about right now for many, many, many years, and they try so many different things. And we hear this all the time, talking to prospects and clients, right? That I've tried so many things. I've done TV. I've done, I've done radio. board advertising. I've done radio. But they've done it like a big advertiser. They've done it like a big Fortune 500 company. It doesn't work for the small to medium-sized business owner or the entrepreneur because it's not measurable. And you don't know if it's working. And unless you have unlimited cash flow, it just it, it, you'll spend yourself out of business. Yeah, it was funny, like when we did um, our first billboard, you know, just for fun, just to have a billboard. I what don't know if you remember this. What business did you standard. do it for and when? Uh, we did it for our internet marketing education company in 2006. We thought we would just see, you know, what happens. We put it on one of the big freeways in New York. And the difference between us and everybody else is was one subtle thing. We had one big, bold message that would disrupt and grab the right type of client. And we had an independent... URL. We had an independent website URL so we could track exactly how many people clicked on there, became leads, became sales, where every other billboard that was out was just brand, picture, just, just fancy you know, logos, right? Phone number, whatever, you know, and and we were very, you know, we were able to very quickly understand because we were able to measure it whether it was profitable, it was directly profitable. Obviously, there was the awareness side of it, which, you know, when you get big enough, you can worry about eyeballs and awareness. But when you're small to medium, you got to be able to measure every dollar that comes in, exactly. you know, which is, is, is why so many of the campaigns out there, when they're not set up to actually measure it, um, they fail so miserably. 
Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is what we talk about all the time on the show, by the way, is being able to track everything, being able to see your data, being able to have visibility all the way through. That's direct response marketing versus advertising. So the sooner you make that paradigm shift of not being an advertiser, but being a marketer, that's when you start to see some results and you get confidence that way and you start investing in the right kind of media, which we'll get to in a minute. Let's go to number two. Number two is lack of an ironclad system for customer data collection, aka list building. Building the asset of a list, very shockingly today, Aaron, we've started a company because of this, but shockingly today, very few business owners have a really good lead generation list building component of their business. They're still sort of putting them on a spreadsheet here and there, or they might make a phone call here and there, or maybe an email or two goes out here and there, but very sporadic, very not thoughtful and, and not organized. And that is well, a and, big and not, issue today. And just not front of mind. And I'll, I'll give people a great example of this, right? We'll take restaurants, right? Great example. Tons of people coming through nonstop all day long, right? I've talked to my friends who have restaurants and I say, how do you collect data? We don't collect data. How would we collect data? Somebody orders something, they pay for a credit card. Like that's it. If I said, why don't you attempt to capture an email, you know, for a, a draw or a free dinner or a dessert or a whatever. And one of the brilliant ways that, that came out quite a long time ago now, probably seven, eight years ago is everybody wants Wi-Fi, right? When they, when they go anywhere, they want Wi-Fi. They do, right? they do. The first thing they ask so, a lot of times when they get into a restaurant now, right? Right, and so what, what most businesses do is they just say, oh, here's our Wi-Fi code, right? Instead of saying, here's our Wi-Fi code, you put here's your Wi-Fi code and a little pop-up comes up and it says, hey, to access the free Wi-Fi, just submit your email here, right? Nobody's gonna balk at submitting their email to get free Wi-Fi. All of a sudden now, you know, you got 100 people a day that have come to your restaurant that you're capturing their email and now you can let them know when there's a, a promotion, a sale, uh, a two-for-one, a party, uh, whatever. How much more valuable is a restaurant that has a list of 10,000 customers that they can communicate with at any time versus one that Way has nothing? more valuable. Here's the other side of it. I've been begging restaurants to do this. I eat out a lot. Aaron, I'm a, I'm a, we're, we're, we're kind of like foodies. Is that, is that a term? Or are, you, are you like a foodie if you eat out a lot? Yeah. I, like I, I really like going and – and I don't like eat out quick. I eat out at really nice places like good quality food. I like to check that it's sourced well, really good Italian places, really good Asian places. But I, I like beg these guys, like, why don't you? And I, a lot of times I get to know the owner so I can have the, the fun conversation when I, when I have rapport. I say, why don't when somebody pays the bill, just put a little postcard this big, business card size, into the check and write, give us your first name, your email, and your cell phone number. And we'll give you 20% off your next meal. Or we'll give you a free bottle of wine at your next meal. And you do lead gen from checkout. And I, yep. ju it's just, I mean, think about the amount of heads a restaurant sees in a given day. And, and, and just, let's be conservative and say 50% of the people take it. On a per day basis at a busy restaurant, I live in Miami, restaurants are very busy, right? My guess is if they're seeing 100 people a day, could you imagine getting 50 pieces of contact information per day, seven days per week, like clockwork. You're not losing money on the 20%, by the way, because you're gaining the, the list. That's 50 a day. That's six, seven times. I mean, three, 12 to 1,500 leads a week, not just customers who come in, buy and go transactions, but 
leads per week that can go into the database for you to market to down the road. If there's a promotion in the restaurant, if there's an event, God forbid the restaurant gets creative like we talked about a couple episodes ago and has an e-commerce play where they can sell some of their sauces or meats or cheeses online. And then they could make that available via email to be purchased and shipped to the home. I mean, the opportunities are endless when you have a system for collecting customer data. But if you don't, you're playing the game of making a sale for today, but not for the future. Right. You're yep. in the game for today, but there's no future bank. No. And, 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 you know, I'll take another example further, Andrew. Like I look at the amount of people who come through and want to speak to us about, you know, consulting and marketing development funnels, whatever. Anytime I want more customers and, and that's not very often because, you know, we're full <laughs> a lot of the time, I just open up our, our database. I just open up Pipeline Pro. Yeah. And I just look at people, who were the last people I talked to that I sent a proposal? Who was the la- Who were the people before that that I had a Zoom with? Who were the people before that who opted in? And I can literally pull up that sheet anytime, that, that, that dashboard anytime I want and just be like, oh yeah, I've talked to that person, you know, three months ago and I think they'd be a good fit. I reach out to them, I hit them up and, you know, one out of three times they're like, yeah, man, I was, I, you know what? I, I got busy. I totally forgot. I'd love to come back on board. Boom. Sale made. Right. Instant access to information. The rapport is built. People. Yeah. The rapport is built. You have the list. You have the data. Listen, the real value in any business is in the customer base. And it's 10 times easier to get existing buyers to return than it is to get new ones. We, we talk yep. about this all the time. And a lot of, again, a lot of times business owners don't realize that. They think that all the energy should be in the acquisition. And, and a lot of it should be. I mean, you never want to stop acquiring. But you, you, you can start to slow down that pace and work a little more strategically if you're in constant contact with a customer list as well. And that is, you know, that's the asset in the business. We talk about Shark Tank a lot. I still, I watch Shark Tank. Shark Tank just hit its 10th season, by the way. I love that show. It's a fantastic and the, show. It's pretty cool because they, they mix it up once in a while. Like Alex Rodriguez was on last night as one of the sharks. I was watching really? it last night, actually. Yeah, and A-Rod comes in. Like they, if, they, if they're missing like their core five, sometimes they'll bring in like an outsider, like, a, like a Alex Rodriguez and... Um, I think I think I think Charles Barkley was even on like one of the episodes. It's kind of cool how they mix it up like that. I know that A Rod's got some dough. A Rod A Rod's an entrepreneur. He's a business owner. He's got a lot going on. In fact, there, he has a gym across the street from me. It's called UFC Gym. It's called it's 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 owned by the A Rod family of companies. So you see like the A Rod logo, and he owns uh, a couple of the facilities of these gyms. So he's in the fitness business. Um, but Shark Tank, they always say two things: what are your sales? And do you have a list? Like, do you have a customer list, a lead list? Because that's the asset in the business. And as a business owner, if you want to think long-term wealth and not short-term income, you want to be thinking about, am I building any assets in my business? I I jokingly call these oil wells, right? Does your business have any oil wells in it, which are stable, staple pieces of real estate that generate cash long-term that you sort of can walk away from after a little while, right? Those are also a list is an oil well. Look what you did last week. Right. You sent out a, a, an email series that had three emails in it and generated forty, fifty thousand dollars in revenue. What was that for again? What's that? What was that for? That was me that did that or that was you that did that. Oh, God. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a, our one on one, you know, coaching program. Right. That we have. And you just sent out a couple of emails. Well, when you have the list and you have the audience and you have a promotion and something's going on, kind of like the restaurant example. You you go to the list, you go to the customers, you go to people who've already spent money with you, and that becomes a whole different ballgame at that point. And it's it's still shocking to me that that so few do it. I mean, it's one of the reasons we started a software company two years ago called Pipeline Pro, which sponsors this show, 
and you see it in the beginning and the intro and the outro is because we wanted to have a complete system that that went even further than that. Didn't just collect data, but followed up with data in what I call a multimedia approach, email, text, and voiced. Not just email like some, not just text like others, but all three because everybody consumes and responds to information and media differently. So you want to really catch all the senses if you can. So number two is a biggie. And it with all this technology, still shockingly today, um, it's not done as prevalent as it should be done. Agreed. Number three, lack, lack of diversification in your marketing. Now, back to the story from a second ago, Aaron, when we got started on the internet, we, we didn't have much diversification option. The only thing we could do on the internet was go to Yahoo's Overture search engine and run ads. It was pay-per-click ads. That was the only thing. I went through a, an intense internet marketing program um, in 2005. Again, this is this is like, I get, like we said before, this is before people are buying things online. And I was creating through this training that I did. This was a real high-end program I did with the Internet Marketing Center at the time. And they took me from keyword research to development of product in a niche to creating the product to actually selling the product through a merchant account online all over like a 12-week period to the point where we were selling a wellness ebook. Ebooks were huge at the time. It was like ebooks were like seeing fire back in 2005. You're like ebook today, that's like I see 30 of those a day. But when you had an ebook that you sold, I, we sold mine for $37 back in 2005. It was like, what is that guy doing? That's so cool. You mean I can buy an ebook for, and it's only $37 and it's 80 pages of all this wellness and health information. That was when I was in the, in the health and wellness space and nutrition space. And it was, it was like seeing fire. And it, it, but, but that was the only thing we could do is run ads on Yahoo. Today, diversification, I mean, there's endless ways to market online. You have Google, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have pay-per-click ads, you have social media organic ads, you have search-based ads, you have the ability to go buy ads on big news channels. This is called native advertising where it can be on CNN or CNBC. And that's, you have those native ads down the bottom. You see those down the bottom. They almost function like newspaper classified ads on big websites that have the eyeballs already, right? That's just seven or eight right there. You could be on TV. You could drive from TV to the internet. You could mail and drive them back online. No could, shortage of opportunities today. You could take today. it all the way back to, to its most basic form. I am shocked at how many people don't have a referral program. We're, we're getting to that one next. That's number four, actually. You, know, <laughs> you, like, you don't have to pay for that. I know. I know. It's funny you said that. That's number four, which I know you know. But diversification. I mean, think portfolio approach with marketing. I say this quite a bit, right? I think it's my financial services background. What, what, what kind of marketing media do I have in my portfolio? Am I running Facebook and Instagram ads? YouTube ads. Like, can I look at three or four different types of marketing and analyze all of them and start to balance out the portfolio? That's the approach. You want to you scale have a, you a have business, a a, you better have a portfolio of diversified marketing approaches. You told me the other day that, that, that you have a, a client, I believe, that is an attorney and they're getting an absolute ton of clients from TikTok. Yes. Uh, two attorneys I know that are doing that. One is a client and one is just a guy I know from my office and they are shockingly legal TikTok. I think kids dancing. And then I see that they're doing some ads on TikTok. And, you know, you don't know until you go in there and dig in and do the research and try it and deploy some money. But boy, oh boy, if you're struggling to get leads today, shame on you because there's never been a shortage of marketing media today. And there's never been a shortage of choices today. It doesn't mean they're all going to work, right? The big boy, big girl conversation is you're going to have to do a lot of testing. You're going to have to fail a lot, probably make a lot of mistakes, but failure is feedback in marketing. 
right? As long as you can throttle it and you don't get creamed, it's not like going to the blackjack table and getting chewed up and spit out like it used to be when you ran a $50,000 ad in the USA Today and you prayed for a few weeks. Thank God you don't have to do that today. You can run some surgical little ads across the internet, figure out what's working, and you can throttle it and adjust it and scale it from there. And that's the beautiful thing about the internet. And when you find something that works online, interestingly, it can work huge offline as well, which is a whole different conversation. Well, and, and once you get something working in a specific channel, the longevity of it is usually very, very good. Yeah. You know, and so you, you, you kind of go through your testing protocols until you've got what you want. And you can almost say, okay, check, that one's good. And that's going to bring me in 100 leads a week or whatever that number is. And then you can move on to another source in your portfolio. Go get another 100 here, another exactly. 100 here, another 100 here. And all of a sudden, you've got that consistent flow that that makes your your revenue predictable. Yes, and that's a great word, man. Predictable revenue, um, predictable lead gen. Yeah, right? it's a really nice feeling. You and I know this because it's something we strive for with every project, company, client, whatever we do. Is how can we get in a position where at some point we have consistent, predictable, stable leads coming in every single day? To the point where you can walk away, and you and I have done it, you walk away for days to go on a vacation and nothing changes. In fact, sometime I was on vacation recently, like I think, God, in like three or four day window, we probably made more money in our company. I think you actually jokingly said you should go on vacation more often. Yeah, I think I, think I said <laughs> you should result. stay on vacation. Like, I didn't do anything for four or five days. I'm like, man, the money is just churning out because of all of what we're talking about, because of these staples that are in place, right? And that's that's the key, diversification. Don't get stuck in one, right? It was Dan Kennedy that said years and years ago to me, the most dangerous number in business is one. One form of marketing, one employee, um, you know, one product, right? It's, it's like you have all your eggs in that one basket. You need a little diversification. Couple different products is couple different marketing sources, more than one employee, right? So you have a little more stability. Let's go to number four, which you jumped ahead and said, lack of a referral program and or an affiliate program, right? So how can you get more referrals how can you get your happy customers or your happy clients referring more? And in some cases, how do you pay them to do it, a.k.a. an affiliate or a partner program? Yep. One of my favorites. Yeah. And for me, you know, we have multiple companies. One of them is, is the big media company. And we haven't run an ad for that company in five years. It's a very, it's it's a very, it's a fascinating organic referral bay. Like I, I'm like, man, I don't know how you guys just keep rolling the agency with such little there's a referral machine i mean i guess it's and and where the diversification part comes in you know with that business is that you know we have a really large network yeah you know and this is the this is the key for a lot of people like when you're first getting started i'm shocked at how many people don't reach out to their network and just let them know hey i'm in business this is what i do this is the outcome I can have for people. This is the type of client I'm looking for. And if one comes along your way, I would really appreciate, you know, an introduction by email or, or you know, text or whatever. And just so you know, I pay a 10% referral fee for a year yep. or whatever that number sure. is, right? And I've had so many people in my network say, oh man, I'll just send them to you. You know, don't, don't worry about that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna send you an agreement so it's in paper. And the reason why I do that is because I want it to be real. I don't want it to be one of those passing just, things. Just words, right? And then somebody forgets and it's like, ah. It's kind exactly. Of I want them right? to know. Yeah, like, you hey. formalized it, which I love. 
I formalize it, right? And that I, way, I when, when somebody does come along and says, hey, do you know anybody who does X, Y, Z? And they're like, oh, yeah, actually I do. Not only do they have that relationship with me already, which is a great referral because the, the relationship uh, credibility and, and lowers the resistance, yep. but they know in the back of their head, you know, I'm going to make $10,000 from this referral, Both you know, year, it's, yeah. it's, and, and, and energy goes where money flows, right? So I, I never let somebody send me a referral without paying them, no matter what they say. And I always you know, reach out and let people know I'm constantly reaching out into my network and letting people know that this is on the table. And then I'll even go and remind them, you know, I, I had a conversation with somebody three weeks ago that, that we had talked about it two months earlier and he's got my ideal prospect in his business. Then I just reached out to him three weeks ago and said, Hey, let's catch up. We caught up about stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I reminded him of the program. Two days later, he sent me a client, $50,000 client, you know, made a, is going to make a ton of money on it. And it was just the establishing it, clarifying it, reminding people of it. And that's in just my external network. You take that down yeah. the next level to your actual clients. Look, if your clients are getting phenomenal results, with what you had in the experience is great. We believe as human beings, they'll share their experience with others. They'll share our business. And in some cases that happens, but I find more often than not, there's nothing further from the truth because they're so focused on their window, their bubble, their, their, you know, goals. They don't think about you, but when you reach out to them, you know, via email, text, you know, all the things we have inside of Pipeline Pro and say, Hey, you know, I see you're getting phenomenal results. Just so you know, we're a hundred percent referral based, you know, here's the program that we have. Do you know anybody that would be a great fit for what we have right now because obviously seeing the results we got for you, all of a sudden they'll stop and go, oh yeah, of course, like, of course, I know five people right now I could introduce you to. You would think they would do that automatically, but it's not you, front be, of you'd mind. You'd be thinking wrong because we're, we're, we're inundated with information and we're busy. Right. So you have to formalize you know, I'm it. I'm just saying, today. hey, like, you've got great results. You know what we can do. Do you have anybody that you can introduce me to? They're usually super happy you know, to recommend you to someone else. I just, just got off with a client right before this call and, and I reminded him and he sent me a, 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 you know, a referral companies doing $50 million a year in revenue, right? Probably coming on next week as a client just because I reminded him and he was, he wanted to reciprocate when your right. clients have great experiences with you as humans, we want to reciprocate value to people who've improved our lives, but you got to open the door. You got to open and the you door. Have, you have to like know you, it's you, here. You, you got to educate them. You got to ask the question and they'll do it. And you have to be deliberate about it, right? I mean, yes. And, and, and like you, you formalized it. So if you think of affiliate programs, partner programs, I know your process of formalizing a referral agreement that, 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 that pays over time, which is phenomenal because then it, like you said in the beginning, it feels real. Yep. And then, like you said, there's energy put on it. If you don't formalize some sort of a referral program and make it part of this diversity, by the way, that's a lead source and a very good, yeah. and stable lead source with very little resistance, by the way. So and and is, it doesn't cost you anything until you make the sale. And, right. and to take it, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but I was on another call before the show with, with Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, Andrew, and, and he just sent a quick email three weeks ago and said, hey, you should talk to my friend Aaron. And the girl signed up with us as a client and I instantly sent him a commission. And when we were on the, the, the Zoom earlier this morning, he said, hey man, I didn't expect a, 
a referral commission, but I, a, a wire came into my bank this morning and, and I realized it's going to come in every month. And I, like, I just want to say thank you. I'm, ex- I'm dude, that, I, I was, I was everybody happy to likes do a that. Wire. Right. And I said, look, this is how my business works. Right. So now it's become tangible to him. It's yeah. become real. He's like, wow, money. Just He's already up. thinking about who else does he know now, too, in that case. hundred percent. Right? I want to get money into somebody's hands as soon as possible when that happens, because now I'm front of mind. Right. You know, and, and I want to. Ca- and if, if I don't hear from them again for another month after they send me somebody, I'm going to remind them again. Hey, remember you sent me that guy? They're getting great results. I sent you some money. You got anybody else you want to refer me to? Yeah, actually, I do, because they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about their life, right? It's not rude to pop yourself back in there and say, hey, would you like some money? Right? Nobody gets upset when you say, hey, do you want some money? Yeah, that's something that needs to be worked. And very few work that that mm-hmm. network, if you will, right? Yep. Number five, lack of a lost customer reactivation program. Something yep. I almost never see. This would probably be the number one thing I see the least of. Number two right behind it was, I think, um, number two for us, which was just the lack of a really good follow-up system. But but customer reactivation, I mean, think about how many customers or clients stop for whatever reason. Yep. Happens every day. It's part of business, right? They quit, they stop, they change services, they're done. And if you put them in a bucket and handle them differently, like, you know, what comes to mind for me is downsell programs where you do something to keep them on. That would be step one. Step two would be how do you go to them maybe a month or two later and try to reactivate them. And that is, is, is a sale that's easier to make than the cold sale as a reactivation sale. Absolutely, because if you think about it, you know, we've, we've gone through different charts on this show before, but when you're going out cold, in many cases, they don't even know who you are yet, mm-hmm. right? That's, that, that's way up here in the, in the sales process, right? If they've bought from you before, you already know they're interested in your industry, they're interested in your product or service. Potentially, they even like you. Maybe they just got distracted. Maybe something came up, whatever. Bad timing, yeah. You're already so far down the buying funnel at that point to just give them a reason to come back, some to remind them, some incentive, some sense of urgency, some whatever. They're way more likely to buy than going to somebody cold at the top of, of, of the awareness funnel and say, hey, do you want to buy my stuff? Yeah. Right. And that's why they said that old statistic is 10 times easier to sell to somebody that already, you know, has bought from you in the past than it is to sell to somebody new. Yep. exactly. Exactly. Number six. This is a biggie. Thinking you are your customer. Give you a great example. And I hear this all the time. Well, I don't want to send out email that often because I don't ever check my emails. Oh, I love that one. Or, or, you know what? I don't like it when a business texts me. So therefore, I don't want to send texts. And I always say, you got to get out of your own head because the way you feel isn't the way an entire universe may feel because everybody consumes information differently and they consume marketing differently. So you need to be in a multimedia mindset, a little bit of email, a little bit of text, maybe some phone calling and some voice, right? If you blend that in and take a portfolio approach to your marketing, um, that's that makes a big difference. Now, thinking you are your customer limits you big time. Because when you think everybody thinks like you, you're sort of, that's a little naive. It's a, it's a little, it's dangerous. A little arrogant. It's, it's dangerous. And it's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm you know I, I, one of the examples that I, that I want to use here, because yeah. I'm, I'm an example guy, is yeah. in Pipeline Pro in our software, right? 
you're big on follow-up and customer service. So one of the things that we do is we reach out to every person who gets started and we welcome them and we thank them and we give them, we offer them a quick a tour. A real phone call want. our team makes, which I think is, right? is important today. Now we've had people, you know, email us and say, why are you calling me? I don't want to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hey, it's like once a month no we get somebody who's annoyed by actual communication. We're like, yeah, and no problem. <laughs> But the amount of people that have responded back and said, I can't believe you invest money, took the time to reach out to me on something I bought online and thank me for my business and offer me a free tour or whatever. Yep. The amount of people that have said that oh, compared God, to one not, person. Not even a ratio. It, it, it's, it's, completely, it's a completely different you know, ratio. But if we just listen to that one person. Great point. We all, you know. I'm not sending another email. I'm not sending another text. I'm not doing any outbound. I'm not welcoming. And, and how many, how much different would the experience have been for everybody else? And the other example I want to use is, you know, a current client we have right now, they've got a, a, an offer for a book online and they love the title. They love the messaging. I find it super confusing and the confused mind says no. And I've been telling them for two months, you got to change this thing. You got to make, make it easier for people to understand. And they're, they love it. They're so married to it. The, the, the emotional attachment thing is not good. It's insane. And finally, yesterday, I blew a gasket and I said, look, every other client I have converts at 10% on a similar type of offer. You convert at three. The math says your offer sucks. Okay. I don't care what you think about it personally. It's about math. It sucks. We have to change it because there's, you could be doing so much better. Right. Stop being emotionally tied to this and start looking at the math, right? And they finally agreed because I hammered it home and now they'll do better, right? Because they think they are their customer. I think you nailed it, man. You got to look at the numbers and the data, not what you like or what exactly. you do. Like you and I are, I don't, I don't know how, how do you prefer to consume information? So are you an auditory guy where you like to listen? Are you a text-based guy where you like to read or are you a visual person where you I'm like to consume person. video? So I'm you're more video, right? You consume best by video? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say that I'm probably audio. I'm, I'm always in a podcast or a book. I like to read too, but the efficiency of listening on the go and while I'm doing things, while I'm walking, while I'm working out, on the, while I'm cooking something, while like I love that. I, and I think a lot of people do. That's why podcasts have become so big in the last five years is because they're efficient. I love watching too, but I have to sit down and watch, right? Yeah, Reading, I like I have I like to sit down podcasts. and read. Love it I like all watching about podcasts. It. You 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 like watching podcasts? Yeah, yeah. It, I listen. It's the best of both worlds when you can watch it and hear it at the same time, right? But yeah. remember the point. The point is everybody consumes differently. So if yeah. you if so if you say so if I say well because I'm an audio guy, therefore everything is going to be an audio. I lose a whole chunk of viewers who are video like you, and there's a lot of re- specifically baby boomers. They'll take something, print it up, and read it. I find myself doing it. I guess I'm in the middle, right? Well, I'm nowhere near a baby boomer for the record, but I'm in the <laughs> middle of I like to physically read things, but at times I like to listen to things. So I'm like, I'm a hybrid. I, I will print a 10-page newsletter up that's a PDF that I get online because I don't like to read things that long on the screen. So Which I will, is why we also transcribe these and put them in blog posts. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and there, there are people like that who will print things up. So if you make your marketing available in multiple forms of media, you will attract so many different levels of people who would never think to consume it the way that you do, but absolutely they would print up the PDF 
absolutely they would listen to it on the go. By the way, it's one of the reasons we do the show in a hybrid format, which very few do today, shockingly. I guess it does take a little bit of tech and a little bit of commitment, but we're a video-based show on our Facebook page every Friday at 11 a.m., but we take the audio and syndicate it into a podcast radio show across five, six, seven, eight, nine different platforms. So we get the listener and the viewer. And, and the feedback that we get on that is, wow, I love watching, or as much as I'd love to watch, I can't, but I love listening. What if we yep. only had one? Right? So don't fall into that trap of thinking it's a get out of your own head message, right? Get out of your own head and get into the head of your prospect is the key. Let's go to number seven, which is a combination, number seven and number eight. And this is, this is a staple for a long time. I think that the person who made this phrase famous was, who's the guy that wrote the, um, the e-myth? Uh, Michael Gerber. Michael Gerber. Working in your business instead of on your business, meaning you're caught up in the day-to-day and you never have a chance to work on the business and work on the marketing, which is number eight. So number seven and eight are combined, right? Number eight, number seven is working in your business, not on your business, and also not realizing the overall, overall importance of marketing. Because when you're only working in the business every day, not on the business, you don't get to deploy the, the, the new marketing strategies. You don't get to you're just, deploy- you're, you're just a cog. You're a cog. Yeah, you're, you're essentially, you've become a COO. You've become the, the operating officer of your company. We've, we all fall victim to this, but if you can yep. catch that and say, listen, I need to step away for a day, a half a day, a couple hours, disconnect and work on the business, work on the marketing. That's the number one revenue producing thing you can do. The theme of the show today is, is marketing, is if you're not working on the marketing periodically, bringing new offers to the table, freshening up existing offers, the lead flow will dry up. And that is a critical thing that you cannot let happen is deal flow coming in. There, there's so many things that once you, like once you get everything systemized in your business, when you remove yourself from that day-to-day operation, I mean, even talking about what we were talking about with referrals lately, later or earlier, right? You can be out expanding your network. You can be looking at doing a joint ventures. You can be looking at different marketing opportunities. You can be looking at different product creation. You can be looking at a different country expansion. You can yeah. all these things that are like high leverage activities versus low leverage activities, right? When you're responding to email and SMS and and you know fire 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 all day, you're not. That's not. That's not high leverage activity. And it's hard to do. Listen, it's easy. It is hard to do. I, I run into it myself. It's easy to get caught up in the business every single day and then go, oh, you know what? I'm already down this rabbit hole. Let me just stay in it. And, and it, like you have to deliberately treat this like it's an appointment or a workout or time with family. Or, or vacation where you take day, I like to chunk down like days or half days, mornings or afternoons, and just literally not put something on the calendar, disconnect and go get a project done. Whether And for me, it would always be something sales or marketing related, new offer, new funnel, new marketing approach, new video. And that's how you need to be thinking, which is dovetailing into number eight, is if you get this work on the business instead of in the business right, then you can allocate the time to do more marketing and more promotion of the business. And if that's not happening, again, doesn't matter if you have a cure for cancer, nobody's getting cured. If you can't market it, if you can't communicate it, if you can't message that. Number nine. Well, before I go to number nine, so this is, this is a great lesson here. Um, stop seeing yourself as the lawyer, the doctor, the consultant, the coach, and shift into seeing yourself as the marketer of legal services or the marketer of coaching services or the marketer of medical services. And when you have that 
I guess, paradigm shift, you start to really buy into the, the, the way you need to market and promote versus thinking it's like some obligation and some chore that you need to do when you get around to it, right? That's, that's you, you mentioned a, a longtime client of mine who's a patent attorney, phenomenal, probably the best legal lawyer marketer I've ever seen in my life because he, you know, he came up in my direct response circles many, many years ago. And he's so diversified and he, and he makes it fun and he has so many different types of marketing that he doesn't feel like a lawyer. You know, you think of a lawyer, lawyers tend to be like very, very in a box. Like Stoic. all of their ads, I see all of their ads at night, like nighttime TV, all the local hmm. Miami um, personal injury attorneys. It's almost like commercial to commercial to commercial is, hey, have you been injured in an accident? If so, we're the firm for you because we care and we're the biggest and we serve we're the whole the state of Florida. Money. And it's like, then it goes to the next one. And that it's all the same messaging. They're so plain vanilla that they feel like lawyers. No disrespect to lawyers, right? They're just very you know, plain vanilla advertisers. This guy doesn't even feel like a lawyer. He has a book. He has a podcast. He does webinars. He's like an information marketer. He's a direct response marketer. As a lawyer, no, no, no surprise to me that every year he tacks about a new million dollars onto the business. I've seen it happen for four years, years in a row. He just hit the Inc. 5000 list, I think, last year. Every year, because of what we're talking about today, by the way, he does all 10 of these like clockwork, or he avoids all 10 of these, I should say, these 10 marketing mistakes, he's tacking on about a million bucks a year every single year because he's a marketer of patent legal services. He's not the patent attorney. So, John, you're yeah. probably watching or listening. That was a huge plug for you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, the, that's, that's seven and eight. Nine is lack of self-promotion. Lack of self-promotion. Now, Business owners. Uh, the keyword key I think that was was shameless. Shameless self promotion. Self promotion. Right? I missed that one, right? Shameless self promotion. I was going to go easy right? on the audience, right? Let's always be, always be selling. Or always, always be promoting. Be promoting. Always, always be promoting. you know. We talk about it with clients all the time. Um, there, you should always have you should have your seed language defined, right? Which is what is your superpower, right? And in every piece of content you create, that seed language needs to be in there. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm the absolute best at doing X, Y, Z. I'm the best at solving this pain point. I'm the best at helping people go from here to here. I'm the best at whatever it is. Right. The, the best example of this I can think of was Trump. Right. The, maybe the greatest shameless self-promoter of all time. How he got to be president. He promoted himself long to the top, the whole, right? Long before the whole presidency, which I won't go into that rabbit hole because everyone's <laughs> got sides on that. Right. When he was just a businessman. It didn't matter what he had. What did he say it was, Andrew? What, what, what did he say what was? About any project he had. Oh, it'll be the biggest and the best ever by far. There won't even be a close second. That was the pretty best. much the language. My golf course. <laughs> we used to joke about it, remember? We used to go, America, oh, it's going to be the biggest and the best ever. My hotel, the best hotel in Las Vegas. My building in New York, the best. My show on television, the best show ever made for, you know. The ultimate shameless self-promoter. Now that may, you know, turn you off a little bit. You're like, ooh, that's not me. Right. You know, whatever. If it's not you, find somebody <laughs> that can be that person for your organization. Or listen. And have or them listen, go out. Find a different approach to promotion. So Trump is a little over the top. That may not be your style. But that doesn't say don't. But that doesn't mean don't promote. And with social media today, you can promote almost around the clock 24-7. We did a whole show on this. I think it was like episode two or something, right? Check the check the salesvelocitytv.com archive, well worth watching because 
if you don't promote yourself more than you think, you will become irrelevant. Yep. And it doesn't matter what people think. If you get caught up that people think you're promoting too much, they're probably not your customer. They're probably not your audience. And they're probably not making you in any way, shape, or form any wealthier. So if you're going to listen to that audience, then you probably want to be, you might want to think about, do I even want to be a business owner or an entrepreneur? Because you're going to need to promote more than you think because of the noise that's out there today. And promotion is business. If you think about the biggest shows, the biggest brands, they're everywhere. They have podcasts. They market on the big three, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. They're on Google. They send out direct mail. They do events. They're omnipresent. They're master promoters. Success is tied to the amount of promotion that you do. If, you ha if you're having little success, little deal flow, little leads coming in, you're probably not promoting in enough forms of media back to diversification in media from the beginning. You need to be omnipresent in a lot of different sources to get that you know, constant deal flow that we get to experience right? in a lot of the projects and companies we're in. Let's go to the last one, number 10. Too infrequent contact with present customers. This one sounds familiar. A little bit like number two, right? Actual contact with customers is, 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 is somewhat of a follow-up is kind of a lost art today. Shockingly, with all this technology, follow-up is kind of a lost art today. But too infrequent contact with, with, with present customers, I feel it's out of sight, out of mind. And a lot of people say that I don't want to annoy them. They've already bought from me. Um, they don't want to hear from me. Again, you're, having, you're, you're thinking like yourself again. What was that number... Um, going back to number six, thinking you are your customers. That's you're falling victim to number six again, where because you feel that they feel that they will think you're annoying. That's a whole, that's quite a story you got there that you might want to undo because more frequency wins on every test we've seen for at least the last decade. Less frequency, you sort of fall irrelevant, you fall out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, and it doesn't mean like every time you reach out to them, it's like sell, 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 right? You got to layer that in with some give, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what they bought, you know what they're interested in, you know what their pain points are. You can be feeding them stuff that brings more value to their life on a constant basis within the framework of what they bought from you and you're just staying relevant to them and, and it's, it's almost like the less you communicate with them, it's almost like imagine a pipe underground and, and water stops running through it. And it just starts to rust and get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then when you try to put water back in, there's really nowhere for it to go, right? It just, it just barely leaks through, right? But if you, if you keep in communication, that pipeline stays open, right? And then when you send something down there where you're like, hey – I got this great product or I want to invite you to this thing or whatever, pipeline's still open, yep. right? If you wait, 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 and it all closes off and you try to jam it through, it's nothing there. It's a good Can't analogy. Yeah, you start to close off the relevance factor, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good analogy. It's a really good analogy. You know, how do you do this? Weekly e-newsletter, free and simple. I mean, how any business doesn't have a weekly e-newsletter that goes out to their customers to give value, tips, ideas, ways to enhance their service, perhaps add to their service. It's beyond me because it's free and it just takes a little time every single week. You don't even have to do it yourself. You can have somebody do the writing for you, but boy, oh boy, if it comes from you and your voice and your personality, what a big lift that is. Want to take it a step further, maybe you do a monthly physical newsletter or a quarterly physical newsletter. Just those two things alone I've seen move more business from a 
customer contact standpoint over the years, Aaron, than anything else. Those two things alone. E-newsletter, weekly, not monthly. I've, I've, I've had people go, well, we send out a monthly e-newsletter. I'm like, you send a monthly email? You're like, you're out of sight. Like the inbox doesn't know who you are in like three or four days. You're going to wait 30? I, I, physical in the mail once a month? No problem. In the inbox once a month, out of sight, out of mind, you may as well do nothing. Yep. 30 days, you're long gone on email. Weekly on email, if you're thinking to yourself right now, I could never send a weekly email to my customers. They would think it's too much. You just fell victim to a lot of the 10 marketing mistakes that we're talking about here today. You're thinking like your customer. And I'm telling you right now, don't cater to the one or two people, the less than 1% who would complain about what time the sun rises and figure out how to more frequently communicate with your customers, but do it in a, in a thoughtful, value-based way. And that's our 10, buddy. You know what? I thought it's this gold. Might take us, I thought this might take us two hours, but we actually did. We we could have went two hours on the ten marketing. <laughs> Listen, I, I I got these ten years ago. I thought it was fitting to like hit the anniversary of the ten marketing mistakes that it, that entrepreneurs make and how to avoid them. When I got these ten years ago, but boy oh boy, what a this is such a time saver and such a frustration saver. If you go through these, go to salesvelocitytv.com, get the show notes so you can see the ten. Sometimes it helps to when it's a checklist to see it. And then listen alongside and figure out, are we, are we making these mistakes? Kind of run it, run it against your business, cross-check it. And I think you'll find that even if you undo three or four of them, what a difference it will make for you. Well, and I want to leave it with this. You know, we don't talk about this that much on the show, but, you know, a lot of the things touched on it today. If you want to automate a lot of these processes, head on over to gopipelinepro.com. And check out how our software automates a lot of the things that we're talking about in this show today. And Andrew, let's wrap this up with where people can find us if they uh, want to learn more about the show or watch previous episodes. Yeah, salesvelocitytv.com, number one. And, and most important, that's where, the, that's where this, I think it's episode 22 that we're on. The show notes for this one, the checklist will be there. And you can see all the past episodes at salesvelocitytv.com. And we're live uh, on video in the Facebook group. It's a Facebook live every single, you're probably watching it right now going, no kidding, right? It's a Facebook live 11 a.m. Eastern in the Sales Velocity TV uh, public Facebook page. And naturally, if you're listening, uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. We're on Apple, we're on Stitcher, we're on Amazon, we're on Google, and I think Spotify as well. And uh, Aaron, always a pleasure, man. This one was a good one. The 10 mega marketing mistakes that entrepreneurs make. Most important, how to avoid every single one. That's Aaron. I'm Andrew. We'll see you in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.